Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us again, or welcome if it's your first time. We are broadcasting this pro, uh, podcast on Anchor.fm. It's being picked up by a lot of other platforms. You may be listening to it on Spotify or Apple, all sorts of different ones. We do uh, always say that we're looking for sponsors. So if you are interested in sponsoring the Jazz Focus, if you like what we're doing, please hit that little button. I assume there's one somewhere on your uh, menu, uh, thereabouts, and there are different levels of sponsorship. We'd love to add some more people to the family. So for today's focus, we are going to be listening to a, uh, a small band in the 1930s uh, that featured two very individual and, on the surface of it, not very compatible performers. Uh, a trumpet player from New Orleans named Louis Prima and a clarinet player from Oklahoma, uh, by way of Chicago, I suppose, named Pee Wee Russell. Although he didn't really play in Chicago in his salad days, he came to be associated with that school of jazz playing later on. So Leo, uh, or Louis Prima, whose older brother Leon Prima was also a trumpet player from New Orleans. Uh, Louis was born in 1910. Uh, he grew up uh, playing music uh, all through New Orleans and the brass bands and so forth, as uh, uh, players did at the time. He was obviously from an Italian-American family. Uh, he was uh, uh, a white uh, performer, although he... Uh, was dark enough in complexion that some people thought he was black, and that may have given him some inroads into hearing bands in New Orleans. It actually kept him from some jobs in New York later on. He said later that his primary influences were Louis Armstrong, of course, also Punch Miller, and um, Buddy Petit. So it's interesting that he, in that generation uh, that was coming up, was a uh, slightly later generation than Armstrong and so forth, but he was looking back to him as a primary uh font of influence. And we can hear from his playing, and we will on the sides that we're going to listen to today, that Prima was very much a Louis Armstrong player. He was also a very good singer, kind of in the style. He didn't use the gravelly voice, but he did have a lot of the same phrasing to his vocals that Louis Armstrong did. And uh, he also became known as a, a great entertainer. And later on in his career in Las Vegas with his uh, great band that featured his wife at the time, Keely Smith, and saxophonist Sam Butera. Um, he really uh, was a, a force in popular music, but that was in the 1950s and 60s. By the time he came to New York in 1934, uh, believe it or not, at the behest of Guy Lombardo, who heard him playing in a band in New Orleans when the Lombardo band was on tour down there, uh, Prima was really very much uh, part and parcel of the New Orleans jazz style. He put a band together that started recording for Brunswick Records in 1934, very shortly after he got to New York, and he featured a number of uh, New Orleans musicians and his contemporaries, people like Sidney Aridon and Eddie Miller on reeds, uh, George Brunus was on trombone, um, Bonnie Pottle on bass, uh, Frank Federico on guitar, quite a few New Orleans hometown fellows. And uh, as the year went on, they... they started moving on to go to other bands. Of course, Eddie Miller went with Bob Crosby, and uh, George Brunus went uh, back to Chicago and started playing in small groups again. But uh, Prima kind of reorganized his band to uh, open on 52nd Street. He actually opened his own club called The Famous Door uh, in 1935. He was recording for a year or so before that, but the band that made it at The Famous Door with him was the one that we're going to hear, and it featured the clarinet player Pee Wee Russell, Charles Ellsworth 
Russell, who was born in 1906 in Oklahoma. Actually, I think he was born in Missouri and raised in Oklahoma. And he was a very original stylist, if you know Pee Wee Russell. He became associated with the Eddie Condon groups a little bit later, but he was always his own man. He was a very good saxophone player, too. And one thing that uh, people miss out on with Pee Wee is that he was a very fine musician, and he had very good clarinet technique, even if he covered it up when he was playing. He used a lot of sort of unorthodox squeaks and squeals and, and snarls and so forth, and uh, that became uh, part and parcel of his style going on. And he his style was pretty much fully formed by the time of these recordings in 1935 and 36. So it wouldn't seem on paper that Prima and Russell would make a very good partnership, but as these recordings will show, they did. They had a kind of an electric quality between them playing, and they were um, very popular in New York for about a year or so. Then they went to California. Prima opened a branch of the famous door out there, and they even made a movie uh, together, and we'll talk about that as time goes on. But uh, both of them, Louis Prima and Wee Russell, to the end of their lives when they were interviewed, they always referred back to this period in this band as one of the happiest of their lives, and they were very um, complimentary of each other's playing style and entertainment style and so forth. Clearly, it was a very positive experience for the both of them. So we're going to start with the first recording date that this band did. Um, this was from May of 1935. Uh, the band had recorded also for Brunswick about a month and a half before that with a, a, a very different front line, a trombone player named Larry Altpeter and Eddie Miller on clarinet and tenor sax. Uh, but they were gone by the time of this recording. I think they were both playing with um, uh, the... Uh, uh, band that was uh, known as the Clark Randall Band, uh, had recorded under that name. It was led by a man named Frank Tennille, uh, but uh, they were moonlighting, I think, with Prima and his New Orleans Gang, which was the name of the band. The rhythm section stayed pretty much the same. Frank Panero on piano, Jerry McAdams, or Gary McAdams, excuse me, on guitar, Jack Ryan on bass, and Sammy Weiss on drums. The earlier session had Ray Baduke, who was also with the Bob Crosby Band. So with that rhythm section, we have Louis Prima on trumpet and singing and Pee Wee Russell on clarinet. No trombone, no third horn, at least not for a while. Uh, lots of uh, space for the two horns to uh, engage in dialogue and dueling and all the things that uh, we expect in traditional jazz and collective uh, improvisation, and here done at a very high level. So we're going to start with uh, four tunes, two uh, that were associated with Louis Armstrong and two that were pop tunes from 1934-1935. The first one is called The Lady in Red, um, which is taken not as a Latin uh, number, which uh, it often was in dances. This is uh, a very up-tempo, uh, storming swing performance, and this is pretty much what the Louis Prima band did. They would even take ballads, as we'll see coming up, that uh, they would put into a very fast tempo, and that served Prima very well for the rest of his career. Uh, we don't have anything like the shuffle rhythm that he was doing in the 50s and 60s on these recordings, but occasionally it's coming kind of close to that. So following the Lady in Red, we have uh, Prima's salute to Louis Armstrong on Chinatown, My Chinatown. Chasing Shadows, a, uh, a ballad that uh, was done by Django Reinhardt, among others, but here, taking up tempo again. And Basin Street Blues, which is the slowest number of the date and isn't all that slow to begin with. So we're going to hear those four tunes, and then we're going to actually take one tune from the next session, which is June 27th of 1935, and it's called In a Little Gypsy Tea Room. And uh, 
I recall a couple of these. Gypsy Tea Room and The Lady in Red were on a swing collection. Uh, the swing, swing Street, which was a big multi-album set that came out on, I think it was Columbia, um, that I remember listening to in the 1980s and, and learning all of this stuff then. But there's quite a bit more than those couple of songs as we're going to see. So that's our first set. The Lady in Red, Chinatown, My Chinatown, Chasing Shadows, The Basin Street Blues, and In a Little Gypsy Tea Room. What a personality ba 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 the lady in red As fresh as a daisy When the town is in bed Oh, dancing and dining And shining with originality She's very proper She's nothing more than a pal But oh me and oh my You'd never stop her She'd be a dangerous gal If she should ever meet the right guy Oh, the lady in red Fellas are crazy for the lady in red Oh, lady, oh, baby Oh, buddy, what a personality Thank you. 
town Where the lights are low, baby Creamy old skimmy Chinatown Dripping soft and low How I love my Chinatown Say, folks, I know you love it too Chinatown, oh Chinatown, whoa I'm in love with you Oh, Just how much it really means, really means Dear to me, yes, Marie Oh, can't you see, can't you see I'll never lose those good old Basin Street blues La-da-da-da-da, now Basin Street Da-da-da-da-da-dee, whoa Da-da-da-da-da Hey, boy, in New Orleans Say the land of dreams Nice it seems, or just how much it really means. La 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 la. Dear to me, oh yes, Marie. Can't you see, yes, Marie? Can't you see? I'll never lose 
dreams in vain while my heart keeps on singing just a lonely refrain I'm chasing shadows all is cloudy above like a shadow I'm drifting hoping I'll find my love love who knows someday someone may come along and change my lonely song to happiness until the darkness fades into the dawn I'll just go on I guess chasing shadows just a dreamer am i hoping i'll find a rainbow when the clouds come rolling by
in Little Jip's tea room when I was feeling blue. It was in Little Jip's tea room I first laid eyes on you. When the gypsy came to read the tea leaves, it made me feel quite gay. When she said that someone in the tea room would come and steal my heart away. I thought it really inconceivable, but just imagine my surprise. You made the story quite believable, right there before my eyes. With a smile that's sweeter than the roses, you made a dream come true. Oh, it was in Little Jip's tea room, I gave my heart to you. We have uh, the first handful of recordings by Louis Prima and his New Orleans gang featuring Pee Wee Russell. And uh, the interplay between those two instruments and the two uh, men playing them was really pretty extraordinary. Um, they had an act where they would talk to each other instrumentally and they'd actually have a conversation between the trumpet and the clarinet complete with gestures and question marks and punctuation and all that. Uh, that's been preserved, that was preserved on a film that we'll talk about once they get out to California. Kind of a novelty thing. Uh, doesn't come across on recordings terribly well, but uh, on the film it's pretty compelling actually and you can imagine that at the famous door during nightly performances that must have been a big showstopper. And we heard a little bit of that just in some of their trades and so forth on these tunes that we heard. We started out with The Lady in Red. Um, a pop tune from 1935. This session was done in May 17th of 1935 for the Brunswick label. We went to Chinatown, My Chinatown, which featured some very bravura trumpet playing, as you might expect, with uh, Louis Prima being so influenced by Louis Armstrong. Then Chasing Shadows. As I said, that was a composed as a slower tune, and uh, several of the uh, recordings that we know from the 30s, the Django Reinhardt, the Putney Dandridge, those are kind of slow and almost mysterious sounding, but not this one. This was definitely on the uh, more fun side, and this group itself was definitely a fun group. Then the New Orleans standard, the Basin Street Blues, taken uh, not at a terribly slow tempo and omitting the verse, which was already uh, a big part of the tune. Here, uh, Prima stuck a little more closely to the Louis Armstrong version of the 1920s, although he didn't include Louis' verse either, just the chorus there. 
Then we ended up with another pop song, in a little gypsy tea room, um, and that showed off Prima, the vocalist, I think, uh, uh, most uh, interestingly. He was a, a very engaging singer, and of course, when he went out on his own after these small groups, he uh, toured with a big band from 1940 till about 1950 that uh, was a reasonably successful one, had some good recordings. It was largely driven by his personality, uh, and then he eventually went out to Las Vegas when Las Vegas was just getting going, and he started playing at some of the clubs and casinos out there. He uh, called for one of his New Orleans uh, uh, compatriots, a man named Sam Butera, who was a great tenor sax player, uh, to bring his group out from New Orleans to play with him, which he did, and uh, uh, that with the uh, singer Keely Smith, who Prima married at the time, became one of the big hit groups in Vegas during the 1950s and 60s, and uh, very, very fun, compelling group, which occasionally played some good jazz and some good rock and roll, too, for that matter. And so we can see the roots in these recordings that we're hearing right now. So the Prima Band stayed in New York uh, through the summer of 1935. The next... Uh, handful of recordings we're going to hear are from their last date in uh, New York before they left for the West Coast. We're going to hear a tune called Plain Old Me, one of the pop tunes of the day. Actually, that's the second tune we're going to hear. We're going to start out with a Don Redmond tune called How Am I Doing Hey Hey, uh, kind of a good time sing-along audience participation number that Redmond had recorded with his band in the early 30s. And... Um, he, Redmond also recorded as part of a Betty Boop cartoon, which sometime we may play the soundtrack to. Then, as I said, to Plain Old Me, uh, and then to Weatherman, an interesting pop tune, and then a very interesting pop tune, uh, Duke Ellington's Solitude, which is usually taken very uh, stately and very dramatically. And here, in the prima hands, not so dramatically at all. It features a two-chorus prima vocal, which really, I think, shows him to be a, a, a very accomplished jazz singer. Uh, he never uh, gets so far away from the melody, you can't tell the tune, but the, his rephrasing in, in the cases of all of the different uh, sections of this tune, repeated twice, really show that he, uh, he knew how to improvise as a singer. Then following that, we're going to finish up with the first tune they recorded on the West Coast. Um, this is in November of 1935, the exact same band except no drummer. He omitted the drummer for a session or two. So we're going to have Louis Prima and his New Orleans gang, Louis Prima on trumpet and singing, Pee Wee Russell on clarinet, Frank Pinero on piano, uh, Gary McAdams on guitar, Jack Ryan on bass, and Sammy Weiss on drums until this last tune, which has no Sammy Weiss. And the last tune is called Sweet Sue, Just You. And that, to me, really shows how Pee Wee Russell could uh, fill out a band uh, just with his own playing, just one clarinet player. And, and Pee Wee, as I said, was never given credit for having been a, uh, a really good technical clarinet player, which he was. And he also has never been given enough credit for the uh, depth of his ear, the sophistication of his harmonic knowledge. He could pick up notes to harmonize with a trumpet, for example, and just... Uh, suggesting other parts and chords and really just remarkable how he could do that. And Prima said in an interview that he never looked at music. Uh, he knew how to read music, but uh, Russell didn't need to. He just heard something once and then he had it. And uh, Prima said he'd never encountered another musician before or after who had the ability to that degree. So we'll hear some examples of all this. We're going to start out with How Am I Doing, Hey Hey, uh, Plain uh, Old Me, Weatherman, Solitude, and Sweet Sue. Mm -hmm. 
with reveries of days gone by in my solitude it taunts me with memories that never die oh i sit in my chair filled with despair no one could be so sad with gloom everywhere i sit and i stare i know i'll soon go mad Oh, I'm praying, dear Lord above, send back my love. In my solitude, la 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 la, ba 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 oh, with reveries all days gone by. In my solitude, oh, you haunt me and taunt me, oh, with memories. That never die. Spit in my chair, filled with despair. No one could be so sad. Bloom everywhere. I sit and I stare. I know I'll soon go mad. In my solitude, Sally, holy hell, la la la. Oh, I pray, dear Lord above, send back my love and hurry up with it.
There's some really interesting swing and small group swing uh, that really is uncharacterizable in a way. It's not really Dixieland or New Orleans jazz, although it certainly has a flavor of that with the instrumentation. But uh, these musicians definitely thought of themselves as swing musicians. And the club they were playing at, the Famous Door in New York, was known as a swing club. The Famous Door had lots of other groups. In fact, it hosted Count Basie's full band for a while when they came uh, east to uh, New York from Kansas City. They had a relatively early uh, date at the Famous Door, all... 16 uh, musicians there were was on the stage that uh, Louis Prima's five or six had uh, held sway. So we started out with, uh, how am I doing, hey, hey, the uh, uh, Don Redmond tune that uh, featured some good uh, sportsmanship from all the performers and uh, another good vocal. Then we went on to Plain Old Me, which was a pop tune, not terribly well known and not uh, one that uh, uh, stayed in the repertoire but which worked rather well for this group. That was composed by Romano, Amsterdam, and Crosby. I think that might have actually been Maury Amsterdam, the comedian. He was a pop song composer at the time. In fact, he did all the way through his career. He even composed some of the music for the Dick Van Dyke show that he was a part of in the 1960s. After that, we went to Weatherman, which was kind of a neat tune, not very well known. It was done by Irving Caesar, who also had a hand in uh, Swanee, the uh, George Gershwin number, Gershwin's first popular number from about 1920. This, of course, is from 1935, so a bit later, and an interesting tune harmonically. You can hear some good things happening in there. From there, I went to Solitude, the Duke Ellington tune, and as I said, played about twice as fast as any Ellington recording ever made of it. Uh, the up-tempo version at least gives us more opportunity to hear Pee-wee Russell. He gets a full chorus on there and a very inventive one as well. And really great playing by him all the way through. And as I said, that vocal, especially the second vocal chorus that Prima takes, to me is really an essence of jazz singing and rephrasing and restructuring a melody line uh, while keeping the, the, the main elements of the song together. Really a, a lesson in how to do that, I think. And then we finished off with Sweet Sue, which featured some great interplay between the clarinet and the trumpet, as well as another very good vocal. So as I said, that Sweet Sue was recorded in California in November of 1935. The band had gone out there to open the famous door in Los Angeles. While they were out there, they made a film uh, called Swing It. They had a tune uh, that had been somewhat popular called Let's Swing It that we didn't hear. I don't know if that had something to do with the title of the film or not, but it was a short subject, a couple of reels that uh, featured the band, and the band, uh, the, the plot of the film was basically what the band was doing. It was leaving New York to go to California and have a new start. And Prima had a speaking role and uh, obviously a very prominent part in it, and Pee Wee Russell actually had a good comic relief role, too. He might have been able to, uh, to, to get a little more of a career going in, in films if he had so desired. In one of the supporting roles, interestingly, in this film, was a, a an ingenue uh, whose name was Lucille Ball, and she uh, played the, uh, the the hat check girl who was in favor of getting uh, the band in there and tried to get them into the club to, to make a success, and I think she and Prima had a romance and so forth, I mean, as much as you can do in 16 minutes, I suppose. Uh, and there were four or five songs featured, one of which was uh, a almost uh, literal... Uh, redo of their earlier recording, or actually it was a recording that they made in California of uh, Up a Lazy River, which had been composed by Hoagie Carmichael and Sidney Aridon, who had been Prima's clarinet player uh, earlier in his uh, New Orleans gang career. Uh, 
So we're going to hear uh, a version of uh, Up a Lazy River that I took from the soundtrack of that film. So there's a little dialogue at the beginning. It's a little fuzzy, but you uh, get the feeling of, uh, of what the band could do. I recommend you look that up on YouTube. New, uh, just Louis Prima, Swing It Film. And it's 16 minutes of a lot of fun and some very good music, too, including that passage where Prima and Russell do their conversation instrumentally. It's on a tune that I have to admit I didn't recognize, so I didn't take that one. I don't think that would translate into the recording very well anyway. So following that, we're going to hear a, a real old um, chestnut called I Love You Truly by Carrie Jacobs Bond. And here it's done a little more respectfully than uh, Prima had done some of the other slow tunes. Uh, it's not done slow, and it almost has the feel of that shuffle rhythm that Prima uh, popularized about 15, 20 years later. Uh, and Pee Wee Russell, again, has a marvelous solo just with a very spare quality, just making every note count. Really excellent uh, performer. Then we go back to At the Darktown Strutter's Ball, a Shelton Brooks uh, tune from the 1910s, the same band. Um, this actually adds a tenor saxophone player named Joe Cataline, who I'm not sure if he was from New Orleans or not, but he was added to this group for, for a little more weight, I suppose, on the bandstand. And then we have another drummer come in, too, George Pemberty. And these were done in February of 1936, presumably after the film was made because... Um, Cataline is not in the film. And so, as I said, at the Darktown Strutter's Ball. And then we're going to hear, uh, to finish this up, the old chestnut Dinah uh, from 1925, Harry Axt's uh, tune made famous by Ethel Waters. And here is a very up-tempo version, and this was featured also in the film, but we're going to hear the studio recording this time around. So again, all of these recordings, except for the film soundtrack, were made for Brunswick. We are going to start out with the soundtrack version of Up a Lazy River, then go to I Love You Truly, At the Darktown Strutter's Ball, and Dinah, all done by Louis Prima and his New Orleans gang. Be quiet. You're not at home now. Thank you. 
river with me.
to get you an taxi, honey. You better be ready about half a day. Not be rich, don't be late. I want to be there when the band starts playing. Remember when we get there, baby. The two steps, I'm gonna help them all. Gonna dance on both my shoes when the band is jelly roll blues. Tomorrow night at the dark time, sun is falling. Thank <laughs> you. 
Some pretty high trumpet stuff there. Uh, <laughs> Dizzy Gillespie came a little bit later, but he started extending the range like that into some of the stratosphere that Louis Primo was exploring. Louis Armstrong used it more for dramatic effect, but here it was just show-offy and uh, very effective. So we started out with the film version of um, Up a Lazy River, featuring Pee Wee Russell and Louis Prima. So we should mention, uh, by the way, the fine guitar work by Gary McAdam. He was uh, an excellent rhythm guitarist, and he was given a lot of solo work on these recordings, and uh, very effective chordal solos, and occasionally some single-string stuff as well. And uh, he uh, was featured uh, just playing in a duo with the bass player, Jack Palmer. Uh, and they uh, usually had a part of each recording, and we can even hear Prima calling out to them at some points. Then we went to I Love You Truly. As I mentioned, uh, an interesting performance of a, of a hoary old song uh, with an excellent Pee Wee Russell solo followed by an excellent Louis Prima solo done almost in, in halftime uh, with just guitar accompaniment in that case, so stop time sort of accompaniment. Then we went to the Darktown Strutters Ball, uh, some interesting uh, Pee Wee Russell uh, false fingerings in there. He wasn't really known for doing that, but he he did it there. Some some different fingerings for the same note, changing the quality and the and the intensity of each note. Charlie Parker and Lester Young were much better known for that. And then we finished up with Dinah, that very uh, bright, flashy performance. And in this case, Pee Wee took a solo kind of in half time, almost the same way that Red Allen did on Ride Red Ride, the very fast Tiger Rag uh, version that uh, he recorded with the Mills Blue Rhythm Band. So that's our show with Louis Prima and Pee Wee Russell. Hope you've enjoyed this. This is some fine, fine music that doesn't get played very often, even by people who are Pee Wee Russell fanciers. Uh, there are a lot of great Pee Wee Russell fans, and they don't seem to mention this phase in his career. It could be because it sounded like he was having fun, and I don't think people like to think of Pee Wee as having fun, but he certainly sounded like he was enjoying himself on these recordings. And as I said in later interviews, he really looked back on this period of his life as one of the, the best musical experiences he had. He really enjoyed playing with Prima, and the uh, regard was uh, returned. Uh, Prima said that Pee Wee Russell was one of his very favorite musicians. So, you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Again, we'd love to get some more sponsors if you are so inclined, and uh, encourage us to keep on going. We're having a wonderful time doing these programs. Have lots more in mind coming up. In fact, maybe do another Louis Prima one. There are some great sessions before Pee Wee Russell joined, and then some very good ones afterwards. He uh, was replaced by another clarinet player named Meyer Weinberg, who is sometimes known as Gene Mayer, and uh, he did some excellent work. I think I even have a live broadcast of that band. So we may do another one of these coming up at some point. Very good band, very good jazz. So once again, the Jazz Focus and John Clark hope to meet you on these airwaves again soon. And until then, I'll see you on the other side.